It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Hey, welcome to the National Security Hour on the America Out Loud talk radio network on iHeartRadio. The voice of freedom, the out loud truth, where you come to hear military and intel experts. And you know we do have experts on this show. The Out Loud Truth, America Out Loud talk radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. You can also listen to our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world, 24-7. We have the best in-class apps available on Apple, Android, Alexa. We stream 24-7, and now you too can hear them on the podcast on the same apps. All of our shows typically go to podcasts in a day or two after the broadcast is heard live on talk radio. You can hear them on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, and iHeart Podcast, and many, many more. Be sure to subscribe and rate the National Security Hour show on Apple Podcasts for us. And be sure to make AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part and share the stories, the articles, the videos, so that we can help secure America's future. You can find out more about my show the National Security Hour, and get all the latest podcasts. If you go to the menu nav, click AmericaOutloud.com, and under there, the National Security Hour, five days a week, 7 p.m., Dr. Mike and I are on Monday, and uh, we're going to go right to it with liberty and justice for all. Remember, it's five days a week, the National Security Hour, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. I want to welcome back my co-host, Dr. Michael Shoya. Hello. And I am your co-host. Colonel Mike doing the show today. And today, we're very happy to have on for a first time on the National Security Hour, Marty Waters. Now, Marty, Marty, I want I want to introduce you to the audience, but I think the best way you could do it is just introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do, your background, your website. And we're going to do three segments. And each segment's going to have something different because, boy, oh, boy, you're like a ball of information. Go ahead. Thanks, Colonel. Uh, First of all, uh, would you rather I call you Colonel Mike and is it It, Dr. Mike? It's Colonel Mike and Dr. Mike. That's fine. That's true. Go ahead. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm from Chicago, and I find myself uh, investigating the corruption in Chicago. And it started with uh, Barack Obama and Patrick Fitzgerald coming into Chicago to uh, to see to it that Barack Obama uh, was elected president and occupied the White House. So I've been doing this for close to 20 years, and it's led me a lot of places where the dots are connecting with what's going on today. Uh, So I did a combination of investigative reporting, but then behind the scenes, getting involved in holding the feet to the fire and taking plausible deniability away from some of the players such as uh, James Comey and FBI Director Robert Mueller and Patrick Fitzgerald and wherever it led, which has led me today. Some of the very same players are involved in the uh, the vaccine mandates and what I call the pandemic. Uh, so I've I've delved into this for a number of years and found that the connections between the corporate fascism that's going on and many of the subjects that are happening today with uh, the wars we get into, et cetera, 
it's all the same players. They just keep resurfacing. And that's where I focus most of my attention on the corruption and the uh, deep state. You have a website, sir? Uh, the deep state. Deep state? It's, yeah, is what I refer to it. Many will call it the uh, World Economic Forum or uh, in some cases, the New World Order. It's all pretty much we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. Well, it's a it's an enormous enormous apparatus that they have, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah. It, and it's it's, it's right just, out in the open. Yeah, it it's right out in the open. And what I what I find myself trying to do, yeah, what I try to do is educate people on the signs to look for and identify the players because what's so problematic about it is half the people that are out there purporting to be. Uh, fighting the cause for the Patriots and for, you know, freedom and liberty are the very players behind the scenes that are, uh, that are causing the problems. Is that right? Yeah. In, in any, in any of the cases that I've investigated and I've been involved with, you're always going to have the infiltration from what, just for lack of a better word to use, the infiltration from the deep state, the people putting these things together, uh, uh, creating the chaos and the um, and the situations that call for fighting against it. And then they'll they'll put in players that will have the patriotic talk and get people to follow them. But they're leading them down a dead end path or somewhere that seems like you're making a difference, but you're playing right into their hands. Yeah, you know, it's a funny thing. I've always, you know, I used to watch Fox regularly. I don't do it anymore. But it always seems seemed to me odd that uh, Kennedy and the fellow that's on in the morning, I can't remember his name, not Ducey, but the other guy. There's not a war they ever saw that they didn't want to get into. And Mike, I just are you talking that. about Kilmeade? Are you talking about Kilmeade, Mike? Kilmeade. Kilmeade right. and, and, and uh, Hannity. Right. And, okay, and they so feed off of let roll on, let right. roll on the first segment. What would you like to do? Would you want to call this the first segment a little bit about controlled opposition, Marty? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and we've seen this, we've seen this over the years and in multiple cases. For example, getting into wars, or in this case, it was the lockdowns and the uh what I call the pandemic to get people to take um essentially a bioweapon. Uh, you know, examples I can use, and there's so many of them, but examples you can use in the war, and I, I, I use this as an example because it's such a clear example of how both sides or what we call the uniparty will set the stage and essentially put on a smoke and mirrors act that involves division between two sides. For example, Plaingate, the outing of Valerie Plain during the Iraq war, that was a, a all theater and it was put on by both the GOP establishment and what you would refer to as the, the lefts and the liberals that were supposedly the anti-war movement, uh, which included Barack Obama. But what most people didn't realize was the very people that you would call the war hawks um, were behind both Barack Obama and George W. Bush, when the election came along, it was the very same people that were behind both of them. So that's a good example of um, 
controlled opposition because in Plaingate, the Bush administration was putting that feeder on with the people that were back in Barack Obama. Uh, obviously, this is before Obama became senator and, and then went on to be president. But it was the very same people backing both of those camps. And if, you, if people remember, Barack Obama's platform when he ran for president was the anti-Iraq war uh, platform. But he got in office and did pretty much everything that Bush would have done and then some. Wait so a minute. And when, at that point, Marty, at that point, I would think Mike would, would be able to tell us, did he kill more Muslims than anybody else, Mike? I think that's probably right. He enjoyed, what they say is he enjoyed picking out targets to hit. Now, I don't know if that's uh, because he liked to do it or because he wanted to avoid hitting his friends in the Islamic State. I don't know. But Well, and I would... And I would contend it wasn't really even him that was making the decisions because he was backed by people like Nadmi Alchi, yeah. who, who literally, uh, before the Iraq war, in whatever capacity, he was Saddam Hussein's bagman and arms dealer. Now, he's an Iraqi billionaire, and uh, every once in a while, I'm sure if he hears this, he'll have Carter Ruck throw a, a threatening cease and desist letter at me, but I really don't care. Uh, because I've written about him in the past and worked with people that were exposing him. But Nadmi Alchi actually uh, funneled money through Canada to help pay for Barack Obama's house in Hyde Park. Is that right? And he, yeah, and he was, uh, he was a backer, but you can go back and find pictures of him with George H.W. Bush and practically every dignitary in the world. He's a player. And this is where Barack Obama came from. This is the camp he came from. In the Bush administration, even though it was purported that there was an opposition there, they were really coming out of the same camp. And the Bush administration was protecting Barack Obama in uh, Chicago. Mueller, uh, um, Mueller was the FBI director, Robert Mueller. He was protecting Barack Obama. James Comey was in the uh, U.S. Department of Justice. And at one point, Bush appointed him as the deputy attorney general, that's when Ashcroft stepped down and gave him control over the Valerie Plame outing. Uh, if people remember, she was supposedly outed as a, uh, as a covert uh, CIA agent during the time of the spin up to the uh, invasion in Iraq. But that was false because she was exposed by Mark Grossman out of the State Department two years prior to the beginning of the whole dog and pony show uh, that they named Plangate. Yeah. And, and this involved Dick Armitage and, uh, and the state department and the Bush administration. And the whole thing was just a dog and pony show because everybody knew the person that really outed Brewster Jennings and associate, which was the CIA front that uh, Valerie Plame was connected to was done by Mark Grossman in 2001. And now we're getting into information. Amazing information. Now, if I'm correct, Dr. Mike, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it Armitage who called up Musharraf and said, you either deal with us or we'll make you a dust pot? What was that deal? He said? So he went out there. Oh, he went out there. He went out okay. there and threatened uh, Musharraf, who is the only one of our allies who really did much of anything to help us. So it's a it's a it's it's funny how the world works. You know, Musharraf uh, ended up with a civil war in his own territory. He was never going to give us bin Laden, but they believed he would for reasons that are inexplicable. 
but yeah, he went out there and roughed him up, or thought he was going to rough him up, or or, or something completely different that <laughs> we still haven't learned the truth on. Because Dick Armitage, uh, if people remember, it started with Joe Wilson, who was a private citizen at that time, but he had worked in government as an ambassador to Iraq, but he was also. Uh, if I remember correctly, in Desert Storm, he was chief of the mis- mission in Iraq during Desert Storm, and Mark Grossman was chief of the mission in uh, Turkey, and yeah. they were they were friends from college days. So the idea that the CIA, when when he was out and wasn't in government any longer, would send him to Niger to investigate the sale of yellow cake. Uh, uranium to Saddam Hussein was just laughable. And he came back and wrote an op-ed. Then Bob Novak wrote a piece where it was, uh, the story was planted about Valerie Plain to Bob Novak by Dick Armitage. That was in July of 2003. Then in 2003 in October, Bob Novak wrote another story. I believe it was October 1st. And Robert or, or Dick Armitage supposedly had an epiphany and realized he was the leaker of Valerie Plain's name. Now that's laughable <laughs> because he knew he was. <laughs> so, so then on October 2nd, uh, George W. Bush nominates James Comey to be deputy attorney general. And this will sound familiar. It'll sound a lot like Russiagate. On October 2nd of 2003, James Comey is nominated by George, H. W., or by George W. Bush to be Deputy Attorney General. And then they set up the whole Plamegate thing where Ashcroft recuses himself and has James Comey appoint his friend, uh, Patrick Fitzgerald, to be special counsel to look for the leaker that they already know who it is because Dick Armitage, Howard Taft, and Colin Powell met with the Department of Justice and the FBI and said, oh, we're the source. I'm the source for Bob Novak's story. That's it. There should have been the end of Plangate. But instead, a couple of months later, they uh, appointed Patrick Fischel to be Spencer Counsel when they knew already that it was uh, Dick Armitage that was the uh, source for Bob Novak's story. And thus the whole Kabuki theater of flame gas started. And they so, made so let me about say this. Marty, let me ask you, this name, Patrick Fitzgerald sounds very familiar. How many cases was this guy involved in? He was, uh, wow. He was, uh, involved in Plamegate. He was a special counsel in Plamegate. Mm-hmm. He buried all the information that came out. I don't know if you remember the acorn scandal. And that was the James O'Keefe Veritas, Yes, exposing mm-hmm. that that even though in Illinois and he was he was a U.S. attorney brought from the Southern District of New York to Illinois uh, because Illinois couldn't come up with a honest prosecutor, so they brought in Patrick Fitzgerald <laughs> from the Southern District of New York, and he um, they propped him up as being the modern day Elliot Ness, and he uh, buried the Acorn scandal, which they had him dead to rights. Magically, he ended up with a 10-state investigation that went nowhere, even though Illinois wasn't investigating ACORN. He did the Rob Blagojevich cases. 
Now, if you if you remember, Rob Blagojevich was the governor of yep. Illinois, mm-hmm. and he, he had ties to Tony Resco, who was part of the Nod Bialchi crew, who was backing Barack Obama. And what happened in that case was they had enough goods on Blagojevich to arrest them for a number of things. And what they did was they had a wiretap on them, and when Barack Obama was anointed president. He was a chosen one. Uh, that I can make a case that that was a stolen election as well. They were keeping an eye on Blagojevich to use him as a patsy, and Blagojevich was trying to cut a deal because the governor of Illinois gets to appoint a vacated senator seat, and mm-hmm. he was shopping Barack Obama's senator seat around. He just happened to have the best avenue for getting something out of Barack Obama's Senate seat was going to be uh, Jesse Jackson Jr. Ooh. So while the, yeah, so while the, um, while the FBI is listening real time to Blagojevich ne- camp negotiate with Jesse Jackson Jr.'s people. Last minute, money people, one coming down to the last minute, we may have to do the other side. Go ahead, continue, hurry up. Okay, and what happened was essentially because they couldn't afford to arrest Jesse Jackson Jr., Patrick Fitzgerald, the U.S. Attorney of Chicago, blew his own wiretap and had the Chicago Tribune call and tell Blagojevich he was being wiretapped so that the whole Jesse Jackson Jr. deal would blow up and they didn't have to arrest Jesse Jackson Jr. Oh, and if I remember correctly, he had a mental breakdown. Was that right, Jesse Jackson Jr.? Yeah, <laughs> and there's a, there's stories behind that and the reasons for a lot of the games that were played uh, in misdirections that were played after that whole fact when the truth right. started coming okay. out. Hold that thought, hold that thought. We're going to come up on commercial. Uh, this is the National Security Hour. You're on with Dr. Michael Shorey, Colonel Mike, our guest today, Ma- Marty Waters, and we'll be back after this commercial. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution. The miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous 
for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back. You're on the National Security Hour with Dr. Michael Shore. Colonel Mike, where you come to hear military and intel experts. We're on with Marty Waters today, and this is just going to be a great conversation for the next two segments. Marty, welcome back. Finish up with Jesse Jackson having the meltdown breakdown, and then we'll go to what's in the news, a little bit about health freedom maybe. Go ahead. Yeah, what, what happened with Jesse Jackson Jr., it, it gets into a longer story, and I know I'm cramming a lot into a short space trying to set up how it pertains to things that are going on today. But long and short, Jesse Jackson Jr. wasn't out of the woods when uh, Patrick Fitzgerald blew up his own wiretap and made it just about Rod Blagojevich. There were still uh, people, including myself, trying to expose that whole thing. So they ended up going after Jesse Jackson Jr. for an unrelated charge to help cover up what happened with the Blagojevich case. And, and someday I'll, I'll probably put some more out on that, but I've written about it in the past. And I know this because I was actually dealing a, a, in a different capacity, making things difficult and taking plausible deniability away from uh, Patrick Fischel's office in another case, and actually sat across the table from the guys that did the wiretap on him. But that's a much longer story. For the purpose of today, what this does is it sets up, I give, I've given two examples there, Plangate and the Rob Blagojevich scandal and being arrested as a sitting governor over the things that he was basically set up to be the patsy to get Obama and distract away from all the crimes that Obama was committing with his pals like Resco and Nadmiauchi. And how that pertains coming forward to today is you can look at these things and what they do, like the situation with uh, John Ashcroft recusing himself and putting James Comey in charge to get Patrick Fitzgerald in, in charge to put on another Kabuki theater. It's the same move that was made when Jeff Sessions, as attorney general, turned things over to Rod Rosenstein to play the same game or similar, you know, out of the similar playbook in the whole Russiagate um, scandal with invented scandal with uh, President Trump. And you had you had many of the same players involved, like Michael Isakoff wrote a book about Plangate because they were leaking information to him of what they wanted put out for circular the circular reporting was the very same thing that they did with Jeff Sessions stepping down and having Rosenstein be a special counsel looking into the Russia-Russia uh, situation with President Trump. And it's, it's important for people to start recognizing the playbook of the deep state when these things come up because history shows us exactly what they're going to do. So what you're saying, yeah. you're explaining to the audience today on this show and I think Dr. Michael will agree, 
that you're you're showing us how the control opposition plays out, correct? Correct. And what the what to look for when you start hearing, uh, you know, and, and when we say things like Operation Mockingbird, uh, what to look for in where the media is steering you, because part uh, a big part of seeing what's coming our way is not following uh, where they want you to go. So immediately, if all the media is jumping on one particular thing, and, and the, for example, in Patrick Fitzgerald's case, everybody's singing his praises. Uh, he's a modern day uh, Elliot Ness and honest beyond reproach. My first instinct is to look a little deeper because I know that's not the truth when I'm hearing it from the Mockingbird media. And mm-hmm. you usually find things that will show you that it's not the truth. It's about the shiny object that if they can get either division created or if they can get you focusing on plane gate plane gate everybody's thinking oh it's finally we're going to get dick cheney but dick cheney was never in any jeopardy of being prosecuted for anything that was the shiny object that they were uh waving to all the people that dislike cheney and then you rally the uh so-called patriots that you know, are on the GOP side are protecting and thinking, no way you're not going to get Dick Cheney. He's wonderful. And nobody's watching what's going on in Iraq and where all the money's going. And it's all being bled to Iraq, uh, life and treasure through people like Bill Cohen, who was, uh, Bill Clinton's, uh, secretary of defense mm-hmm. who, for my investigations According to Dan Frawley, who was part of the Resco crowd and received the contract from the Coalition Provisional Authority, was getting a piece of every dollar that went through Iraq. Wow! And he's sitting he's sitting over at the Bill Co- at the Cohen Group with a lot of military people, but one in particular, he's sitting over there with Mark Grossman, the person who really outed Valerie Plank. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> What and all the smart medic and the people from Smartmatic like Lord Monkton Brown and the rest of them that were uh, part of the Dominion voting machines were over there as well at uh, DLA Piper, which is partnered with uh, the Cohen Group. And now, then DLA they made Piper the right. is an attorney. DLA Piper is a law firm, correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. But it's a law firm that I'll, I'll say, and they, they can send me a cease and desist, uh, is one of the most corrupt law firms you're ever going to find. Wow. Mike? Yeah. We got Mike, we got three minutes here. Yeah, I just wondered when Obama returned to Chicago, did he return to his relationship with those gangsters? Uh, you know, I haven't I haven't been following Obama for a while now because I've been tied up with going after United Airlines and uh, many other things. I've just I know enough about Obama that I say, okay, he's one of the front people. He's not a decision maker. I understand why people say this is his third presidency, but he never really had a first presidency. This, what, what we're witnessing now goes back to people like um, Cloward and Piven and uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the tactics and the Saul Alinsky model. Barack Obama was just brought up through all of that and indoctrinated to uh, implement it, so to speak. And he's who they figured would be a good voice or a face out there but he's not a decision maker. No. This is 
this is something that gets decision makers that have been putting people in the White House for for a long time. And he was just, they figured uh, it was the opportune moment for the first black president was going to get him uh, farther down the field, et cetera, et cetera. Things that Hillary Clinton couldn't do. Yeah. So she was, she ran against him, in my opinion, just strictly for gravitas. The decision was made long before um, they even played it out. That seems correct. Now, looking back in retrospect, Marty, that seems absolutely correct. It was all gravitas, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And as it relates to today, there was a lot of things put in place that that made it possible that they could pull off this pandemic. Mm. Okay, and we're gonna come up. On, we're gonna come up on a break. We got the last minute. All right, we go to a break in a minute, and uh, give us a minute, and then we'll go to part three, segment three, and we'll do some of the pandemic and some other things. Go ahead. Sounds good. No, you got a minute. You got a minute. Take it. Oh, oh, okay. Well, getting into the pandemic, I'll, I'll bring up after the break some people people that are being purported to be our saviors and are going to fight the government on this are some of the very same people that uh, created this situation with things like the emergency use authorization that are now being touted by CIA, uh, CIA connected and run uh, media outlets are touting them as being who's going to uh, fight the government and win this battle, which I find just hysterically funny people have a short memory and they they really get upset when you point it out is how it came forward with how the whole pandemic was set up there they started by incrementally they put things into law and uh some of them aren't even law but they get the public used to the idea like emergency use authorizations which was a spinoff of things that happened with the patriot act uh and a lot of government players were involved in that. One in particular is a guy by the name of Jim Zitlow, who was responsible for giving us the emergency youth authorization. And then that springboarded into the mandates. He is involved in a lawsuit against United Airlines called Anderson versus United Airlines and pointing it out uh, that the comparison of here's another guy that's responsible for making a lot of this happen because he put together the pandemic plan for the government. Now all of a sudden he's going to be our savior. And what I've done is I've looked because I know and researched a number of these things that I looked at the groups that were out there, like the 501 C's and fours that are purporting to be fighting the fight. Uh, and in the process, uh, Leslie Minukian's name came up. Let me give you a little bit of the background because she's going to end up exposing a lot of the deep state players with what we're going to be reporting on. Leslie Minukian came from Goldman Sachs. She went, tells a story about she went to Alliance Capital after that, gets into a long story. She's been telling this story for 10 years. She talks about part of what she did at Alliance Capital was invest, invest in pharmaceutical companies, but there was a situation where a pharmaceutical company came out with a, um, a drug that was killing people. And she claims that this pharmaceutical company and the executive told her, that's okay, we're still going to make a boatload of money on it. We believe we'll make $7 billion net. She goes on to tell a story about how she felt like she was kicked in the stomach and she had to get out of that. And that's how she started in the anti-vax um, movement. And she started a charity called, or a nonprofit called 
Health Freedom Defense Fund. Now, what I'm trying to educate people on is who these people really are, because they're signs. You look at it, the story never changed over 10 years. She never named who the pharmaceutical company was and the executives that told her that. She didn't leave Alliance Capital for two, maybe three years after telling a story at nauseum how she felt like she was kicked kicked in the stomach and she couldn't be a part of this. Well, she was a part of it for two, three years and have never named the uh, executives or the pharmaceutical company. The reason I bring this up now is because people like Leslie Minukian are being um, pushed out front as the tip of the spear in this fight with people like Naomi Wolf, who were was an advisor to Bill Clinton, a lefty, a liberal, and Al Gore. Now, they've been involved in things that put us in the situation that we're in today, losing our freedoms. And now they're being propped up by many media outlets, including CD media. That it's called constructive or creative destructive media. Who is that, guys like who is that? That's L. Todd Wood, who is intelligence connected. I, I believe I could say CIA. And Christine Dolan. And if you look into Christine Dolan, They've made a big to-do about her for years as though she's some kind of champion in the child trafficking and human trafficking arena. But I can't find a single thing that she's ever done that has amounted to anything except talk. And she's pals with uh, James Woolsey, (laughs) Bill Clinton's CIA director. So this is like uh, the global initiative of the Clinton Foundation that was going to help Haiti and around the world collecting billions and then they forgot about their taxes and they were allowed to redo them. But continue. Go ahead. Well, yeah. And, and that's where you're getting in a controlled opposition because you, and I'm going to throw another name out there. Uh, Naomi Wolf, uh, to give you an example of how ridiculous this gets right now, Naomi Wolf, I've got a question to her. Which story is true? She tells a story about meeting her current husband, Brian O'Shea, who comes from the intelligence community. In 2022, April, she writes a uh, Substack saying that he was hired to protect her. Now, nobody asked her protect her from what? Were the Clintons after you? What, what were you being protected from? And then just recently, about a month and a half ago, I think as a result of things that I was reporting on, she writes a ridiculous story saying that, well, when she was dating her husband, she thought he was sent to kill her. This woman tells lies all the time and everybody just props her up and acts like she's something wonderful. And now she's going to be the, the one, the tip of the spear taking down Pfizer, except that if we had time, I'd go through all the different things with Pfizer that Naomi Wolf is always late to the party. She, they, the, the way the deep state operates is, the minute it looks like they can't conceal the information anymore, they put somebody like Naomi Wolf out there to start speaking about it as though her research uncovered it. And then she's the champion who's going to lead us uh, to salvation when really she's just leading us down a dead end. For example, over the last couple of years, Naomi Wolf is in a, in a way, uh, playing a psyops game where she's convincing, trying to convince people that Pfizer has immunity at the same time that she's supposedly fighting uh, Pfizer for what they did with the vaccines. That's being done cleverly by saying the child 
getting on the child schedule for the vaccinations, that that gives Pfizer immunity. And that's the farthest thing from the truth. You cannot be given immunity from the government for committing fraud. And there's enough evidence that Pfizer has committed fraud. But while she's pretending to fight Pfizer, she's just telling people that they have immunity and all the things to steer them away from the truth, because the whole game is diversion, distraction, and division. And well, we don't have let people... coming down to the last minute, Marty. You shoot for it, and then we're going to go to break, and we'll be in the final segment. Go ahead. Uh, the, the connection here is she's partnered up with Leslie Manukian, who at this point, trying to purport that she's a champion of the cause against vaccines and vaccine mandates, when in fact, most of the lawsuits that she's filed are complete nonsense. But the key thing here is everybody's going to have to pick sides in, the, sides in this and it'll expose deep state players because Health Freedom Defense Fund is in the, uh, was in the process. They got caught stealing money from somebody who is doing a good job and trying to get the truth out. And that's U.S. Freedom Flyers and Josh Yoder and the people that are involved in that organization. And there, that's, a, that's an ongoing story right now that's going to have a lot more information coming out about it. All righty. We're going to go to break. Boy, this is getting more interesting by the segment, Dr. Mike. We're going to go to break. We'll be back after the commercial. See you on the other side. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news. Delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. Okay, we're back. Welcome back to the National Security Hour. You're on Dr. Mike Show, your host today, and Colonel Mike, well, Marty Waters. M- Marty, we're in the last segment. Go for it. Yeah, let me throw out another name that, as long as, and I realize I'm trying to, um, I'm throwing a lot at the wall, but I want to throw out one other name because it'll, uh, it'll really rattle some people. Uh, George Wentz, who's connected to Henry Kissinger, might very well be a part of this whole Leslie Minukian thing. Uh, with Health Freedom Defense Fund. And right now, 
a lot of the deep state and the controlled opposition is very concerned about the information coming out because they had planned on Leslie Mnookin getting into court and just playing lawfare and cover up the theft of this money. Uh, the, the game was, and, it, it, and I can supply the documents, there's no doubt that money was donated to U.S. Freedom Flyers to fight uh, the collusion between the FAA and the pilots unions and, and the government. I have documentation that shows that United Airlines is absolutely state actors, and a lot of these airlines are working with the government on the whole vaccine mandate stuff. But they miscalculated because U.S. Freedom Flyers went out and started making some of this public uh, because they're aware of the game when you get into court because the deep state has the courts captured as well. And uh, people need to realize they've captured law firms, but beyond that, they've captured the court system itself. When you walk into court and the games start, those are government-run operations. These are government buildings. So in the case of U.S. Freedom Flyers, they thought it was going to be easy to make off with the money that nobody would know because you get it in the court, the game would be played where they could go in and misrepresent the facts and they would get cover from favorable judges, et cetera, and it's not working out that well. Uh, so people like Leslie uh, Mnookin, Naomi Wolf, uh, we'll see where things go with Bannon, are going to be start being exposed as deep state operators. And that is something that I think, uh, hopefully, I, I, I'll stay in touch with you and we'll fill you in on all that as it uh, becomes available. But there's much more to to this controlled opposition. And my, uh, my efforts are to start educating people on what to look for so you stop following the shiny objects or the people like Naomi Wolf that are just taking you absolutely nowhere. Marty, let Dr. Like Mike to jump in a second here. Let Dr. Mike jump in. Mike, go ahead. Marty, I, can you give us a, a little bit of a sketch of what um, the Republican uh, cooperation is in this in this endeavor to uh, hide uh, the crimes of the COVID or the, any other crimes that are going on? People, well, we, uh, let me give you. A, yeah, yeah, let me just give you people a we think are 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 knights and are really scum. Well, let me give you a perfect example, and I don't know if you if you saw it or maybe some of your listeners are. Um, uh, were privy to the Senate hearing committee where they pulled up all the CEOs for the, for the airlines, aside from pumping billions of dollars into these airlines, including United airlines, guys like Ted Cruz steered it towards and made it all about religious exemptions. When the real fight should have been in the safety and efficacy and the Nuremberg code and all the reasons why you shouldn't be taking a, a, an experimental drug and in this case i call it a bioweapon and that was all a diversion now the reason this is important is because ted cruz came from a law firm called morgan lewis and bacchius it's a world law firm they have wef connections they represent as one of their clients united airlines and a number of different pharmaceutical companies and they were pro vaccine mandate so when Sombrano versus United Airlines, which Ted Cruz pretended like he championed, that was came out of Morgan Lewis and Bacchius and a lawyer there, which used to be the law firm of uh, Ted Cruz when he was in private practice, a lawyer there a day before filing that lawsuit 
set up a cutout law firm called SNL Law, but he sent the lawsuit from his office in Morgan Lewis and Bacchius, and I caught him. That's dead the right fact. So when that was a cover story, so that when they got Mark Paoletta from Char Jaffe involved, well, if people don't know about Mark Paoletta, it, during the Trump administration, he was with the OMB as a lead counsel, and he came from DLA Piper. He was a lobbyist for DLA Piper. Before that, he was a lobbyist for Dickstein Shapiro, which is the law firm that Pederast, Speaker of the House Dennis Hastert, was a lobbyist for. And you start tracing the law firms, et cetera, you have a uh, AE4HF, which is um, basically a deep state run operation to fill the void and suck the money out of anybody that would be opposing the vaccine mandates and steering them to, well, you got to file your religious exemption or whatever. When in fact, you don't need permission for anybody. You don't have to be a person of faith to say, you're not going to experiment on me with a drug that you have no idea what it's going to, what it's going to do to me. You know, you know, and that that's solved- exactly, you know, you, you hit such a good point. Cause I could never understand why when I looked at, looked up the, the, uh, um, what's it called? You just said it. The the, the post war trials. It wasn't the Nuremberg card. It, yeah. it wasn't limited at all to religious exemptions. It's it's it was everyone. Everyone has the right to deny uh, or to refuse to take a, a inoculation. Well, well, right in the pilot's case, and this is what Josh Yoder was pointing out with U.S. Freedom Flyers in the pilot's case. It's against regulations. They could have lost their medical cer- uh, certificate just for taking it, and the FAA turned a blind eye to it. Now, the only reason the FAA could turn a blind eye to it is because the union officials were captured and they steered their members and basically coerced and threatened anybody that was fighting them. And we have examples of that in emails, et cetera. So, what they were doing was there was a cooperation between the government, the unions, and the airlines all to work against and get as many people vaccinated with something that they had no right at all, but they were by threatening their jobs. By putting people like Leslie Minukian out there, they take you to the area of, we're gonna fight mass mandates. You know how you fight mass mandates? You don't wear them. You don't torture your kids with them. You don't go to the court and ask permission for something that if they tried to come and force you to do it, you you tell them to go to hell. Yeah. And, and that's where the, the controlled opposition is, is they plant the seed that this is all you can do. They did that with the religious exemptions, making people think the only way out of getting the vaccination was a religious exemption, which all it did was put you in another database that they you're basically on an enemies list. Yes. And they're sharing that information with everyone. And to this day, I, I went, and like I said, it's a different story about crimes that United Airlines committed that the government, that I was in the room when the government was covering up for them. There's a separation that they keep acting like it's capitalism, and that's the private sector. But people don't realize what's really going on here, if they would open their eyes to it, is corporate fascism. The government, there is no separation between the United Airlines and the government. They are doing exactly what they want them to do, and they're selling it to the public or the private sector is different, but there's no separation there. And I had the information and the goods to show that to the lawyers and the people like Jim Zitlow who are purporting 
to make that claim, but they are treating me like an adversary when I can win their case for them. And their CD media, I offered them the documents that I have, and they won't even get on the phone with me, and they're running around town telling people things like I'm uh, artificial intelligence. <laughs> which cracks me up. <laughs> and I've got the lawyers involved with Leslie Minukian saying I'm not a real person. They, they have my phone number. Several of them were in conversations with me about this stuff before they hung up because I was pointing out, wait a minute, you're an officer of the court. You just went in and presented a declaratory judgment in a false representation citing a law that is not even applicable. And here's the question, is the money still in the account? Was it spent? And they hang up the phone and then turn around later and tell people I'm not a real person. Uh, it's, it's actually quite comical. And you have that in the January 6th lane too. Let me throw out one other name. John Pierce, the lawyer who purports to be fighting for the January 6th clients that, he, that were, were uh, sadly enough signed up with them, and he's part of NCLU, the National uh, Constitution Law Union. He is not representing these people correctly, and he's not even doing anything to the lawyer. He, he takes retainer money and doesn't even put it in a trust account. He just puts it in a general fund and spends it any way he wants. The guy's got no kinds of books. He's an alcoholic and an admitted drug addict. But yet, it works for the court in a narrative to pretend as though he's giving representation to these January 6th defendants uh, because that's one of the court's responsibilities. But they let a clown like this walk into court or not walk into court because sometimes he doesn't show up. And um, it's just a big scam to to keep the narrative alive. And he's controlled opposition as well. And throughout all of this, you find intelligence people, people connected to the CIA, people that CIA that came directly from them or are still connected in some way, shape, or form as CD Media is uh, Christine Dolan and L. Todd Wood. And I think many people are just afraid to speak about it. You know, it's amazing, Marty, what you're revealing today on the National Security Hour, uh, many of these people do the circuit of Twitter, YouTube, podcasts, television shows, uh, very popular shows, by the way. And it's amazing that a lot of people don't see the control opposition, that the Mockingbird media was just, you know, one tentacle, let's say, right? And the circuits right. that they travel, you know, you, you're you on Twitter, you see what's going on on Twitter, you see what's going on on YouTube. I mean, it's just amazing. You see, like today there was a little explosion. We don't want to mention the name or give any more publicity, but this lady was in tears that she didn't make money on Twitter. <laughs> I know I know who you're talking about. And and that person is actually in uh, John Pierce's camp that I was just talking about. I, I've written I've written about her. That's if you don't mind me saying the name on the show, I have no problem calling her. Oh, yeah. Laura Loomer. She uh, she is. Um, I don't know a better way to put her. She's a clown. And she talks about suing Twitter and being deplatformed. Uh, my guess is I won't. They won't poke their heads out and say a word to me because I've called them out. She is, um, this is part of the controlled opposition. They keep be people busy with nonsense. And mm -hmm. 
you know, nobody looks back at where this person come from. What is she really saying? I listen closely to what people are saying. So, for example, when I gave the the example of Naomi Wolf, Naomi Wolf was on with Steve Bannon. You got Naomi Wolf, Dr. Robert Malone before the 2022 elections, explaining to people um, in a way that makes everyone think that they're fighting the vaccine mandates. Right. And they're explaining to people how Congress is trying to put the uh, vaccine on the child schedule for school mm-hmm. because everybody's been pounded with the idea that once it's on the child schedule, Pfizer and the rest of them have complete immunity. So they're calling out for, we need to stop this at the same time. They're saying, but we don't control the house and the Senate. So there's no way we can stop it. What they're really doing is reinforcing the idea that Pfizer has immunity because of laws that were passed like in uh, 1986 that dealt with that when in fact they don't have immunity. You never have immunity for committing fraud. And there's so many ways to show that United or that uh, Pfizer, for example, committed fraud. And people like Karen Kingston have gone through all the paperwork and have pointed out Pfizer itself calls these shots devices. And there's a whole different set of laws for devices. So we're we're not even talking about vaccines here. Aside from them changing the definition of vaccine, you have people like Aaron Siri from Glimstead and Siri, who has made a whole career out of being the anti-vax and, and champion fighting pharmaceutical companies, who's going out and telling people, no, it really is a vaccine and Pfizer has immunity. Now, I don't have to be a lawyer. To, to, to know that that's a complete falsehood. Pfizer does not have immunity. None of these pharmaceutical companies have immunity, but it's said so often that every it, it, the thought of going after Pfizer for one, it's a difficult task, unless people start talking about it and saying, hey, wait a minute. It's all about public opinion and you have to rally the masses with common sense and human nature. Do I believe that Robert Malone took the uh, supposed invention that he invented, mRNA platform, if that's even what we're dealing with here? Uh, No, absolutely not. (laughs) Why would he? They've never been successful in the mRNA uh, platform being developed. They've been struggling with that for years. It doesn't work on animals. And the so-called purported inventor of the mRNA is going to tell you, oh, I didn't know any better. I was listening to the FDA. No, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right, here we go. Coming up, coming up on a couple of minutes, guys. Go ahead. Marty, could I have, ask one question? Sure. Maybe it's not a fair one, but um, is it the government who started all of this and brought in the, the private sector to help them, or was it the other way about? Uh well, you know, that's a, that's a really interesting question because it's like you're you're splitting hairs. It's, it's the chicken and the egg uh, yeah. question, because what well, we're looking at mutual interest. Yeah. It, what you're looking at is, um, in my opinion, the same way that they tried to take everything from the local government, even though there's all kinds of corruption in a local government and bring it to a federal level. It's the same thing with the WEF, where you're bringing it from sovereign levels like the United States 
and bringing it to a world level. So the very same people that run all these corporations, when you look at BlackRock and Vanguard and beyond the, the whole banking cartel, you, it's a hard question to answer because they've captured government agencies and the media, et cetera. So who is really running? But Marty, yeah, who's really running it anyways? Yeah. So it, it, it might be that it was never really run by government. It's always by the roundtable of the big corporations. And you look at like the decisions that are now more than ever, the decisions that are made by these corporations, you can tell it's all under one umbrella because they're not making business decisions. They don't care if Budweiser loses. Right. They're just shifting the money over to a different pocket through a different Correct. venue. All right, we got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up. We're coming on the last minute. Uh, and Marty, this has been, Mike, you have to agree. This has been a great conversation. Yes, I mean, there's, there's a lot we packed in in three segments. So I want to thank our guest, Marty Waters, for coming aboard the National Security Hour with Dr. Mike and I. And uh, we want to thank you, the listener. Thank you for joining us on the mission. The National Security Hour is the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. And you know we mean that. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us. Thank you.